Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Domris. We have a great show for you today. After a week of some short posts and podcasts, including the introduction of a new regular show called Midweek Motivation by Tommy Cakes, we're back to regular programming and featuring another of our regular guests for 2018. In this episode, Michael Bell returns to Small Scale Life Podcast to discuss progress at Half Acre Farm. There have been some changes and improvements since our interview in October 2017. Michael and I discuss urban farming and cold weather and high winds, and we'll discuss the effect on his crops and his plans moving forward. We'll also discuss some future projects and building soil using regenerative agriculture techniques discussed in a recent seminar by Gabe Brown. We also talk a little football and discuss the Minnesota Miracle and also that Jaguar-Steelers game from last weekend. As a programming note, this is the first episode of The Bellcast, a monthly podcast on small-scale life focused on the ups and downs of urban farming on Michael's half-acre farm. Michael has been farming at this location since purchasing the land in 2016, and he sells produce locally to friends, colleagues, and others. So in case you're new to small-scale life, we are all about living simply by focusing on growing, exploring, and living healthy. We typically focus on the following, gardening, healthy living, and having adventures along the way. We're thrilled you're here and listening to our show or reading our blog. That means a lot to us. And frankly, we wouldn't do this if you weren't part of our small-scale life. Before we begin this episode, let's hear from some friends of small-scale life. Great news, everyone. It's time to start planning for spring. Are you looking for comfrey or bees? Greg Burns from Nature's Image Farm has informed me that he has bees and comfrey for sale. He has comfrey bocking 4 and and comfrey bocking 14 cuttings for you. And if you're looking for bees, he has five frame nukes available now. Nature's Image Farm will also have tree bundles available in the near future. So check out their site at naturesimagefarm.com. Use code SSL for Small Scale Life for 10% off and free shipping. And let Greg know that you heard about him, Captain Lumbersquatch, at Small Scale Life. I would like to remind you that our friends at Aussie Flame Weeders are still selling flame weeder kits to gardeners, market farmers, and urban gardeners. These are stainless steel, five-burner manifolds designed for a standard 30-inch garden bed. The kits also include 16-inch tires and the ability to carry propane tanks so you don't have to. Check them out at AussieFlameWeeders.com. Hey everybody, on behalf of Small Scale Life, this is Tommy Cakes. I'm new to the Small Scale Life. I wanted to talk to you about two things. The first thing is my podcast, The Midweek Motivation on smallscalelife.com. Check that out if you need a little pick-me-up in the middle of the week, a little motivation, a little bada-boom, bada-bing. The second thing, check out the Small Scale Life Facebook group. We've got about 500 people in there. It's growing. It's good. So you should be part of that too. So join us at Small Scale Life Facebook group and also my weekly podcast on smallscalelife.com, Midweek Motivation. All right, back to the lounge. I got my drink. Ah, Delicious. 
special thank you to our friends of Small Scale Life. Remember, if you have a product or service that we, you would like to be discussed on Small Scale Life, contact me at realsmallscalelife at gmail.com or use the Contact Us page on smallscalelife.com. Let's begin the Bellcast, Winter Urban Farming Blues, with our friend Michael Bell on the Small Scale Life podcast. It was a heck of a game, and... and uh it really was a tale of two halves because the Vikings were dominating in the first half. And then the second half, it's, you know, they got two field goals. That's it. And, and the saints came roaring back. So it was different. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a good game. Oh yeah, definitely a good game. They're calling it, uh, and because I'm in Minnesota, the whole world up here is watching it and it's, they're calling it the miracle in Minnesota. Oh geez. Well, (laughs) <laughs> It'll soon be forgotten in about six days. <laughs> Not up here, brother. Not up here. These <laughs> these Viking fans have been hungry for something oh, like I'm this sure. for a long time, and and uh, the amount of of love and joy they have that my precious Packers are had just such a cruddy season. It's uh, you know, like we said, we were I was with three Packer fans, one Steelers fan, and then Julie's a Vikings fan, and uh, we're like, okay, we might we might have to give them this one, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but yeah, kudos to the Vikings. That was a heck of a play. I can't believe it. Just what a day of football, really. Yeah, yeah, it was a fun day. Yeah, did you watch any of the Steelers game? Yeah, well, I fell asleep. I actually got a twenty minute nap, and I never ever get that but i dozed off and woke back up and mm. finished watching it but yeah it was it from what i saw of it it wasn't as close as the score showed it was it looked like it was pretty much dominated the whole game by uh, uh jacksonville but the score made it look a little closer yeah uh the steelers fan uh they watched it and they said that the steelers were coming back but uh just fell short but I don't know when I I saw a couple plays. We were busy all day, so I saw a couple plays and it was like, "Oh, Jacksonville looks pretty good," you know. Hey, I, I watched probably at least half of it on and off, back and forth, dozing off, and the kids screaming and everything. And Jacksonville dominated everything that I saw. Yeah, you know, ben, Big Ben's going to get his, but they were just. I, I mean, it doesn't. I don't think it matters. I think. Uh, <clears throat> I think the Patriots are going to walk anyway. Another Patriots Super Bowl. I just I can't handle that. <laughs> you know, I just can't handle that. You know, I'm a sucker for a dynasty. Nah, I'm not a pay. I'm not a Patriots fan. It could be the Bears, the Packers, or the Cowboys. I love a dynasty. Uh, there's just something like I wasn't a huge Bulls fan, mm-hmm. but man, you, you win six six championships. You yeah. know, out of what eight years? Yeah. And hell, Jordan was gone. Two of those. I I, I just have a th- I like Bama right now, just because I like a dynasty. No, okay. So I, I, I'm weird. I, I'm a I'm an Irishman through and through since '89. I've followed Notre Dame. Been up there a few games. Sure, love love them. But yeah, at the end of the year, if, if Bama's in it right now, I, I like to see them win. Just because when I'm 70. And my kid, my grandkids are talking about the great teams and whatever. I'm like, well, Bama won. Seven out of nine, so they ain't got shit on Bama from fifty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's something to that. I mean, um, you know, you look at the Packers back in the day. You know, with Vince Lombardi. You know, yep. they they were dominant, and uh, there's just been some interesting dominant teams over the year. The Forty ers the Redskins, the da- Dallas Steelers, Steelers. Right? Yeah. Like every decade has that 
pretty much has that team that won at least three or four. You know, yeah. Cowboys won three in the nineties and the eighties. Yeah, was the Forty ers Seventies was the Steelers. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I, I, I just like it. Like I like watching history being made. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. I also I also respect the people that hate dynasties. Like, oh God, they're going to win again. Well, then somebody come up and beat them. Don't complain <laughs> about it. Somebody beat them, you know. Right, that's true too. I mean, somebody's got to take take the next step and and do that thing that's going to propel them to the top. You know, yeah. Whether it's a play, players or change up your strategy or just do something that nobody's ever seen before. You know. Yep. Yep. Something exactly. Else. Yeah. Well, welcome to another great podcast, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to uh, chatting with you. Yeah, no, I think this is going to be a great year. Uh, of course, and we'll talk about that in a minute. I mean, things didn't quite out, quite start out well for you, but you know, there's a lot of things to be looking forward to this year, and uh, you know, both here in my garden and then down in your in your half acre farm. So I think there's just a lot of good things that are going to happen this year. And this podcast too, right? Yeah, I think I think eighteen uh, is going to be a good year. Mm-hmm. Got off to a rocky start, but uh, there's still what three hundred and thirty something days left in this year. <laughs> it's a lot of growing season, man. <laughs> God need it right now because I'm starting at zero again right yeah. now. So I need, I need a lot of days. Well, just to make you feel better. Before we talk about your tales of woe, I mean, if you look out my window right now, we have about three or four inches of fresh snow, and it's still coming down. Uh, spring is a long way off for us, so if you were gardening, if you were farming up here, you'd have you'd be at zero as well, unless you had some kind of a, a heated greenhouse or aquaponic system or something that's heated. Heated right. is the key, but you know you'd be starting at zero too. Well, I wish that made me feel better, but it doesn't. But I appreciate I appreciate the good try, buddy. I really do. All right, and we've had, just just to back up a step. Um, I'm sure some people are are wondering who we are, what we're doing, and we've had a lot of new. I mean, we had fifteen thousand downloads last year, which is awesome. We just hit our twenty thousand download mark. We've got new people that are showing up all the time. Um, I'm Tom from Small Scale Life, and I have the esteemed Michael Bell from Dallas, Texas on. Michael, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Michael Bell. I'm 38 years old. I teach elementary PE full-time. I bought a piece of uh, property that's exactly a half acre uh, two years ago this coming April. Um, on a, not on a whim, but the whole, the whole thing happened really fast. Uh, decided I wanted to do urban farming a lot like Curtis Stone does and a few other people. And a week later, I bought my half acre. It's uh, down a dirt road six miles uh, south of downtown Dallas. I can see the skyline from my farm. Down a and, dirt road. <laughs> yep. yep. And uh, I, I took a weed eater and some billboard signs and started clearing the land and cleaning it up. It had been used kind of like a people's just personal dump they i think i cleared off 22 old school tvs couches recliners uh, nothing uh like oil or gas or anything that mess up my soil just bad dirty old trash i cleared it up and started planting on about 2,000 square feet my first summer and fall <clears throat> and winter and then um this past July, I uh, rented a tractor, a big 
commercial tractor with mm-hmm. a front end loader bucket on the front. My dad come down, spent eight hours, and we cleared another 13,000 square feet of just overgrown burden and dead trees that had been there 10 years. And the only way you could clear it was with a tractor, and he right. cleared it in eight hours. And I went from 2,000 square feet to over 15,000 square feet. And I grow on 30-inch beds, 25 feet long, mm-hmm. uh, seasonal vegetables, and <laughs> I tried to grow salad mix year-round, but that didn't work out too well for me this this winter. Now, have, did you try to, or did last year, were you able to grow through the whole winter? Or is this like the first time experiment where you're going to try to sneak under the bar and get some more, uh, stuff, some more stuff grown during the winter months? No, I... Uh, no, I, I I grew last winter perfectly. Really? In fact, the last, this is the worst winter Dallas has had since the Super Bowl was here and the ice the ice bowl or that whole disaster with the Super Bowl. So that's sure. been about what six years? Mm, okay, five, five six years. This is the worst winter we've had. And when I say worst winter, I think we've had we've had four different sessions of cold weather come in that lasted three or four days. And the temps got down into the low twenties, upper teens, yep. um, which is really weird for Dallas, especially the last six years. Right. I think the last six years we've had five days total that the temperature dropped below freezing. Yeah, like and it's I, been oh, crazy ahead. cold. Yeah, it has, and we were down in um, Corpus Christi right before uh, or right during Christmas yep. and afterwards, and it was it was cool down there it was in the 40s maybe 50s 60s i think 60s a couple days those were the days i got to gloat we saw the sun for maybe three hours on the on the tuesday we were there day after christmas but otherwise it was pretty rainy and cool um i was kind of surprised by that considering we're right on pretty close to the mexican border so um you know i figured hey we'd be like florida you know pretty warm pretty sunny pretty you know, probably not swimming weather per se, but it just it caught me by surprise. Ninety percent of the time, you would have been correct. Mm-hmm. Like down there, ninety ninety five percent of the time, it's you know, you, I don't think you should go jump in the ocean, but it, it's definitely nice to walk around on the beach, sun, you know, shirt off, right? So, you know, low seventies, exactly what somebody from Minnesota would want to experience during mm-hmm. Christmas. But like I said, this year just sucked. Um, I'm actually setting uh well i'm sitting outside my car right now because i have three kids screaming their heads (laughs) off in the house but uh and i think it's 27 right now and the low tomorrow night's supposed to be down to 16 which is nothing for y'all but in texas 16's freaking cold well that gets your attention absolutely even even up here it gets your attention and and uh you know of course what was it I think it was on my Instagram. I was showing some minus what thirteen the other day. <laughs> the other day when I was out and about, it was sunny though. It was nice, but um, I don't yeah. even know what that feels like. I, I can't even like <laughs> tell. I, I have no correlation or no um, idea what negative thirteen feels like. Well, you know, I mean, just think of it this way: you can put extra layers on to warm up. Uh, there's only so much you can take off when it gets really hot. So, you know, that's the way we roll up here. You just layer it on and, and you're like a big onion. You've got, you know, stuff really, you know, some something that's going to wick on the inside and then, you know, a sweatshirt and, and then a big down jacket, maybe even another sweatshirt on top of that. Maybe some like long johns or something, tights, uh, ladies wear tights or something, and then their pants and maybe even some... Um, 
oh, I don't know, some overalls or something. You know, just to keep Carhartts are good for keeping you warm and some nice, good boots just to keep that cold off you. And you layer up. That's what you do. I would be screwed because I have none of anything that you just said other than pants. Believe it or not, I don't have a ton of that myself. And I know all the Minnesotans, Wisconsins, and people in the upper Midwest are probably going, what? You work outside. You're a railroad guy. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. No, that, that, just, that, doesn't, that doesn't comprehend in my head yeah. like that kind of cold. So, Well, so you were trying to, I mean, nine times out of ten. You would have been perfectly fine during the stretch, but you had stuff in the ground. You, you, what did you have in the ground? What was growing right now? What was uh, growing anyway? I had over a thousand Salanova uh, lettuce plants at different stages. Wow! I had about a hundred. I was actually going to harvest uh, this week, this past weekend, or today, yesterday, and today, and be ready to sell uh, tomorrow and Tuesday when I went back to school. And then just various stages. I have some that just very small. I just transplanted last week. And um, I didn't go into it blind. The first uh, the cold snap that I had, I covered with plastic. It looked perfect. I built my own hoops from electrical conduit from Home Depot, made my own pipe bender, put down plastic, laid, you know, I cut a bunch of firewood with the dead wood, put mm. some firewood on, on the side of the plastic to keep it down. Worked perfectly. And, I mean, it got down to 20, 21. That first cold snap, I didn't have any frost frost burn nothing died it worked perfectly so i was like well you know no big deal it'll work good this time too so i went out there thursday uh, about 10 o'clock in the morning i had a break at school my farm's five minutes from my school so i that's, drove over there that's really nice actually you can go take a look at oh things. yeah 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 it works out perfect so i go over there i cover everything and i get back to school and i'm sitting there on my lunch break and I start hearing something outside. I'm like, what the hell is that? And I go look, and it's 40-mile-an-hour wind. I mean, and it's not gust. Like, it's sustained 40-mile-an-hour wind. Wow. And I sat there on my phone on uh, at lunch that day and made, like, a four-minute video on my Instagram story. Like, I'm sitting here listening to the wind completely destroy everything that I've got in the ground right now because I knew my little plastic crap wasn't going to work and withstand all that wind and sure enough i went by after school while it was still blowing 40 mile an hour wind and there was plastic everywhere yep. i mean the, there's nothing like i i bought a greenhouse a couple of weeks ago and i'm so glad i didn't have it up because there's no way i would have been prepared to have it secure enough for that and i would have lost a lot of money yeah had I not if i had that put up half ass and not ready for that kind of wind but now you know i know it can happen which honestly, I've never seen wind blow that long, hmm. that hard in Dallas. For usually, we get these squall lines with thunderstorms, and sure. it'll blow 40, 50 mile an hour wind for 10, 15 minutes. Then it storms, it rains, and it's going on to Louisiana. Sure, like sure. I mean, it just blows through. Right. But this this damn wind blew for twelve hours straight. Wow. And just destroyed everything. I went over there the next day, took some videos on on the IG story. And my lettuce was just frozen solid. I mean, yeah. you just you can just break off leaves. Yeah. So, who wouldn't I want mean, that? I mean, it sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah. 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 I I was watching your story. We talked a little. We were texting about it, and uh, yeah, that was really sad. Just the. I mean, it was 
I was thinking, man, he's he's making mountains out of molehills. You know, when you're at your desk and you're just kind of slumped over, like, oh, geez. And and then you went out in the field and you were showing what had actually had been done or what actually happened out there. It was like, oh, this is not good, not good at all. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. My only saving grace was it was salad. Like it was just mm-hmm. lettuce. Mm-hmm. You know, if that happens in March and I've got a hundred tomato plants and a hundred pepper plants and you know, my, like farm ready to go, I'll, I'll, I'll just die. So, but I've already figured out, like I've already sat down and figured out what I can do to make my hoops better and stronger and, mm-hmm. and everything. And I'm actually going to go over there tomorrow and run by Home Depot and buy a few things and, and see if I can make it a little stronger, hmm. you know, so that it would stand a little bit better next time. Yeah. What's a long-term forecast looking at? Is it going to be, are you going to have another snap or is it looking okay? No, we actually have the coldest day that we're gonna have that we've had so far tomorrow night, and there's a chance of snow, which down here. Wow! When it snows a tent, like literally, if you see a snowflake in Dallas, Texas, the whole city shuts down. It's insane. Like they'll call off school. Yep. The post office will be shut. No one leaves their house if they see a snowflake or two outside. <laughs> so I'm not. I'm, you would you would find it hilarious. No, we, uh, I tell you, uh, I, I, I'll video the news tomorrow night or Tuesday morning because that's all that the news will be. If we get any precipitation at all, they'll have a reporter at all the major highways and the whole newscast will be, is it snowing in north of Dallas, south of Dallas? <laughs> it, it's it's ridiculous. But and that then after that, funny. it warms back up in the 50s and 30s. And yeah, we just wait on the next one to hit. Well, we we have. Um we lived in De- in uh, Florida for a few years and know all about that, and and also um, my wife's, or my sister in law and brother in law lived down in Nice, lived down in uh, Atlanta. And we know as soon as that ice starts to form or, or get a little snow, it's just you know they're shutting down for a week. And if there's any snow anywhere, if it sticks around a little bit, they're still canceling snow. They just you know you don't have the equipment to take care of that. We have we have specialized plows, we have specialized sand and salt mixes and things that we put on the roads you guys just don't have that down there you don't have to deal with it no no we don't we don't deal with it and i don't know why and it may just be my point of view but we don't get snow in texas we get ice like it rains and then it drops you know at nighttime it drops down to 27 and the roads turn into a sheet of ice like snow wouldn't be a big deal but we don't get snow we get freaking solid ice and it's just completely different than snow yeah yep totally well um it stinks to lose your whole crop and uh do you have new seedlings going are you gearing up for the next round uh no i don't have any of the ground like i don't have any seedlings right now um i'm actually probably gonna do that tomorrow okay i've got a i'll probably plant 256 tomorrow Mm. uh and that's because i have 128 whole tray so i'll plant two trays of salad over tomorrow and you know get them going i've actually started my tomato seedlings nice and and a few other seedlings like a few zucchini and some other stuff that just to have so that if it doesn't get cold i'll be the first one to have them and if i lose them because of the cold you know no big deal i just i tried to be early and i lost sure so no, it's not a big deal. Seeds are pretty inexpensive, and if you, if I go into it expecting to lose them, I don't. I'm not out anything. So right. I've got some seedlings going, but nothing major. I'll do the salad over tomorrow, and 
start that back up. I'm not going to plant near as much as I had in the ground. You know, this the ones that I won't plant a thousand again. I'll I'll go 256, and then I'm going to try to really secure that 256 plant bed mm-hmm. and see how that goes. And if it works, then next year I'll just go and do all my beds that way. But I'm not going to waste the time and the energy and the money to plant another thousand and not have them completely secure for another cold snap like we had this past weekend. Sure, sure. Now you're talking about tomato varieties. What what varieties are, are you, tomatoes? You're going to start some seedlings. What varieties are you planting? Excuse me. Planting? Um, I'm going to do. I'm I'm planting uh, 50 large cherry. Uh, okay. It's called lar- large cherry tomatoes. Uh, t- tomorrow, I've got super sweet 100s. Um, I got those planted. I've only got about 25 of those. I have, uh, I actually have 10, uh, they're called Glacier. Okay. Glacier. Um, they're very, they're the coldest, uh, tomato variety on the market. They're from Russia, supposedly. Oh. And supposedly they set blooms at down to 38 degrees. Whoa, really? Yep. And I've, I've found them on this. I can't remember the website. I should plug them because it's a really good website, but, um, and and I called and talked to the lady, and she goes, "Yeah, they, I know people that grow these. They're not the best tasting tomato, but if you want a tomato when nobody else has a tomato during the the winter, these will work." And I said, "Well, crap, that's got to be better than what you buy at Kroger or you know at Walmart." And she laughed. She said, "Oh yeah, they they have a better taste than that, but they're not like a like a beefsteak flavor <laughs> or really tons of flavor. They're a little bit more bland." But I thought, well, I'll try them. I mean, it's a two dollar package of seeds, so. So I'll have those and then uh, marigold, marigold mm. uh, tomatoes. Those are the four that I'm starting right now. Very cool. Very cool. Well, if you think of that seed company, let let me know. Just hit me up with a DM or something and um, love to check those out. I've never grown any of those. I've done cherries before, uh, but I haven't grown any of those other three varieties. So um, this year I'm going to be looking to get some definitely more tomatoes in the ground and kind of reconfigure my beds a little bit to handle those so that's great that's good now, the super sweet uh it, it, out of all out of those four the super sweet oh i'm sorry and also have uh 25 black cherry oh um i have 25 black cherries that i that i grew last year that if you have root they get huge you got to prune really? the hell out of them and mine were over seven feet tall last year <laughs> so if you've got room for something that big, I would go with the black cherry and I'd go with the super sweet. Hmm, I could imagine some cool salsa coming out of the black cherry. <laughs> yeah, they have a really good flavor. Um, oh, really? Nothing, yeah, nothing um, nothing crazy. They just have a really sweet tomato flavor. Okay. And they look really cool in a CSA basket because they're a different color. Right, right, which is, which is part of the deal. You know, you want your customers to get a little variety, get something maybe they haven't had before or tried before and i think that's cool i think that's excellent i'll take yeah, a, a lot at, of people really liked them yeah i'll take a look at those as well and i kind of chuckle i i've i've had some really good luck with tomatoes up here and i've even in this cold climate and short season i can i've had them up to 15 feet tall wow <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> truly gotten vines man but uh, last year, they were around probably 7 to 10. So I was a little disappointed that they weren't like my old beds. I have to really work <laughs> on these beds. <laughs> You're pissed off at 10-foot tomato plants. <laughs> well, I, I really prune them. Uh, I, would pr- I prune them like you'd prune them in a greenhouse, you know. So I'm trying uh-huh. to push the, the growth to the 
the you know the stem and everything else i'm i'm kicking around you know is that the best way to do it or not i might experiment a little bit a little bit this year with not aggressively pruning like i have in the past just to see what happens you know well the the, the pruning I, I think you're on the right track though i think you ought to keep pruning them because it cuts down on disease so mm, yeah true and yeah. i'd see so many tomatoes get tomato plants get lost because they just get a fungus or something in there because there's no airflow and mm-hmm. especially if it rains and I'll, I'll at least prune the bottom prune the hell out of the bottom of the tomato plant oh yeah yeah at least yeah that blight is terrible and i my brother's gotten it uh my mom's gotten it um we get it quite a bit up here because our summer we get really a lot of humidity uh mm-hmm. you know florida gets a ton more but we get a lot of humidity and you get that soil splashing around and you know those that fungus just starts to attack everything so i actually have a post on small scale life about about you know blight tomato blight so yeah uh, i'll experiment a little bit i'm always up for experimenting a little bit maybe that one tomato plant that i put way way out there where nothing is near <laughs> maybe exactly yeah one. do it that one <laughs> that that's the one let's experiment on that (laughs) well so did you have to talk to your customers coming i mean you are getting ready to harvest the salanova and get a box together and all of a sudden boom frost you got to talk to your customers how'd that go uh i mean they they were disappointed but they completely understood i mean a lot of my customers i work with uh you know at at my school yep and yep i just flat out i'd just saw them in the hallways like hey i'm not I, I got nothing for you for about a month oh well, and they you know they were upset wow what happened and i literally just pointed outside yeah yeah and they're like oh did the wind and the cold get it and i was like yeah yeah they got it last night and like okay well you know no no problem huh? you know they all understood they, sure they're not they're not stupid they understand i can't fight 40 mile hour wind and 17 degree temperatures so they were cool no big deal that's that and that's what i appreciate about working with individual people because if i would have had to tell a chef yeah hey you ain't getting anything i probably would a lot he would have probably told me go find somebody else i'm not buying from you anymore right right i mean they've got to put uh meals on the on the table and you know give something to a paying customer so yeah they're they're a little they're on a different uh different operation yeah totally get it mm-hmm. so it, it worked out i mean they understand and, and it's cool and and I kind of look at it. Well, I kind of look at it like, well, they'll be really excited now when I have it again and want to buy it even more. So, oh yeah, that's a good way <laughs> to put look. it. Now, do you do any peas or anything like that? Because peas are a colder weather, um, colder weather crop. I know spinach is, kale is, uh, lettuces like cooler temps. Um, will you do anything like sugar snap peas or anything like that? No, they just take up too much room and price per pound. They they just don't give me the bang for the buck. I mean, sure. I could plant, I, I could plant a twenty-five foot bed in peas and make thirty dollars a week, maybe off of it harvesting sure. the peas. I could make three hundred dollars a week harvesting the lettuce. So mm. it's 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 a huge difference. Now, if I had a seven or eight acre piece of land, then I definitely would. Um, but on a half acre, you got to be a little bit more. Uh, choice um yeah you you, pick your your vegetables a little bit more carefully right right you're you're maximizing the profit potential so yeah definitely i get it um 
Now you've uh, talking about customers. Uh, you've made some headway. You've made some sales. Um, you've got your normals. You have you also uh, your normal buyers. You also pushing the uh, pushing the limits a little bit and getting some new customers. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell people all the time. I, I in this this doesn't mean this doesn't mean to sound cocky or arrogant or anything, but I could get a new customer anytime I wanted to. I went to I went to Harbor Freight the first cold snap that we had. And walked in. I bought fifty of those metal clamps that are two dollars a piece. Yeah. To to clamp my uh, plastic down onto my uh, metal poles with, and I put them up there. And the lady said, "You putting up Christmas lights?" <laughs> I said, <laughs> "No, ma'am. It's for my plastic on the farm and for my for my hoop houses." And long story short, uh, she ended up saying, "You know, ended up handing me her number and said, call me when you have a basket.' And me and my mom would love to buy from you." Wow, like that's literally, cool. I picked up two customers buying clips at at Harbor Freight. Isn't that cool? That's freaking great, man. That's awesome. Oh, it, yeah, it's 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 amazing. And I could probably, I've actually thought of doing this just to see what would happen. I actually want to go to my Kroger that I have down. Well, probably not my Kroger, I might get kicked out. But go to a grocery store sure. and just walk around and see somebody that that has like salad and stuff like vegetables in their cart and be like, hey. Why don't you let me bring you some of my, a basket of my stuff? This is what I do. Blah 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 blah. And if you like it, great. If not, no big deal. And see how many people I could get before I got kicked out of it. <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting. Or you could do what Scott Hebert does, and he is now. If you listen to that podcast, he is actually putting his salad mix in the grocery stores, and it's a regular regular mm-hmm. paycheck. You know, he's dropping that stuff off, and it's it's selling. So that's always a good way to go too. Yeah, it's see. I was gonna. I meant to DM DM him and ask him if if his grocery stores are mom and pop owned. And when I say that, I don't mean like no, small, I know what you like, mean. Or if it's because here in in Dallas, all we have is Kroger's, Albertsons, Tom Thumb, Menu. Like we don't have like the red tape and the BS yep. that you have to go through yep. to get into a grocery store in Dallas is ridiculous. We don't have. And I, I don't think I could. I don't think I'd be able to do that here because of all the red tape and and insurances. And sure. if somebody got sick eating my salad mix, who do they sue? Me or the grocery store? So I haven't really pursued it because I know the red tape involved is just sure. going to be ridiculous. Oh, that's a good. That's a good point. Um, even up here in Minnesota. We have big chains as well. I mean, your Walmarts, um, Sam's, a bunch of those are closing, actually. <laughs> um, yep. Costco, um, you know, a, f- a few local ones, but those are bigger chain-type operations. I don't, you know, co- we have a few co-ops, but I don't even know if you could get in there because, you know, I think they're getting supplied other places. You know, maybe you have a shot in co-ops. I don't know, you know. I, that's a good question. I should have asked Scott that when I had him on. Yeah, and, and honestly, I, I can't meet the demand that I have now. Yeah. So, I mean, I've I've got people. Like my wife gets mad at me because she's like, "Why are you meeting with this guy? You have three other businesses that want to <laughs> buy from you, and you you can't sell to them." Yeah. And I just keep telling her, "I'm going to wake up one day and have so like everything's going to start clicking, and I'm going to have so much produce, and I want to be able to have a phone list of a hundred people that I can call and tell them I've got this and." I'd rather have more customers and not enough produce than the other way around. So I'll just keep collecting numbers and 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 stuff until I think I have enough. 
Or you have more land <laughs> or more beds or more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's awesome, no, dude. That, that sounds so overwhelming right now. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't talk about more land. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm struggling yeah. well, to keep up with my little half acre. I hear you. And it, it's too bad because it sounds like you're ramping up. I mean, a thousand plants in the ground and then all of a sudden the cold snap wipes them out. I mean, yeah. Uh, it sounds like you're ramping up to take, take care of some or to uh, take advantage of that. Some of the people on that folding list. Oh yeah, I was. I I was I was fully expecting to start start making some decent money from the farm this week. Um I, I was I was hoping to make about three or four hundred dollars this week and then the next week because I'd six succession planted so diligently and sure. well that I mean my spinach was dead on. My, I had my, my my lettuce ready to go for every week for the next four or five weeks. I had my I had pea shoots ready to go i mean i was good yeah and then that happened and i said well i just learned a valuable lesson so suck it up swallow the pill and let's move on yeah well and it's going to be there right i mean this is the dead of winter so we're going to come out of that and uh you're going to be you're going to be rocking and rolling so temporary setback my friend yeah 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 I, i know and you know what's really cool and yeah, I was kind of woe is me on Instagram because I was so pissed off, and I'm not going to grab about it to my wife because I don't want to hear I told you so. So, but I you, keep can, it you to can with us, sympath- you know, us sympathetic folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I posted a little bit, and I probably got twenty, maybe twenty five DMs from either fellow farmers or customers that I've met. Um, you know, like, hey, I'm so sorry to hear. I had this one lady. She's opening a vegan restaurant here in Dallas, and she's got three kids. And she's like, sure, hey, if you need any help fixing that plastic tomorrow, let me know. And me and my my, my two sons will come out and help you fix the plastic and and get it ready for tomorrow night because it's supposed to be cold tomorrow night too. Wow, and that's I, cool. And yeah, I mean that really meant a lot, lot to me. So it, it's funny how well Insta, you know, Instagram and social media gets a bad rap for. That's all we do, and there's bullying and so that. You know, it, it really made me feel good to know that there's so many other people that are in my shoes that lost stuff or that's encouraging, and I, I, I was happy to see that from other people. Right. I think that uh, I think Instagram has a lot of potential. People are not afraid. Um, it's not it's not a dumpster fire like Twitter, <laughs> but and people are not afraid to connect on Instagram, you know, and, and share pieces with people they might not know. You know, Facebook gets a little part of your immediate for lack of a better word tribe or, or family or friends you know if you try to join something new people get a little defensive about that instagram is a little different though people are you know building businesses and more seem to be a little more open there would you agree well you put it i completely agree and i think the biggest thing is you put a face with a name yeah like it's just different because when you can put a face or even a a picture with a face, a picture with a name, like a picture of a farm. Yep. There's this this one farm that I follow, and it's a little bitty farm, and he has a goat, this stupid looking <laughs> goat, for his for his profile picture on Instagram. But he's one of the nicest guys. He's always you know keep your head up, or he's like, hey, try doing this, or great post. I'm going to try that. He's just one of those guys that's just real positive. And uh, so when I see his picture. That stupid goat, I always know it's him, so I automatically have a good vibe with him. Whereas, like, Facebook, sometimes it's it's not, or t- especially Twitter, there's not a picture. You don't get to know people. Like, I know people's kids because of their pictures on their, you know, on the IG page of sure. their kids working in the farm. 
I'm like, oh, he's got three kids like I do. I can relate to that guy. Or mm-hmm. so I think the pictures just give Instagram a whole different feel and a sense of a community. Yeah, I agree. And I, it is a, it's all visual, you know, and uh, you can almost micro blog as you're on there, and people are just the, uh, more open there. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Probably because not everybody's family and friends are on Instagram sharing their life <laughs> or their right. business, right? Yeah, it's a it's a good combination of both. Definitely, definitely. Well, that's great. I'm glad that a bunch of people reached out to you. It's, it sounds like the start of a uh, of a nice little community around you. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a it's a good group. I met a couple people that have farms within 20 miles of me. I've got to be really good friends with a guy uh, in McKinney, which is 20 miles north of me. Um, and we we bounce ideas. I sent him some tomato seeds that I had extra of. I think he's going to plant me some startup uh, some cool. seedlings because. So we, we we're helping each other out, bouncing ideas off each other. So yeah, it's a really cool cool way to to get to know people. I think that's very cool. That's awesome. And uh, that's another thing that Scott and I were talking about is tribe and building that group of people. Uh-huh. You know, because we're social individuals, they're social people, right? Social beings. So that's great that you're you're building out and building these groups along with you. That's awesome. Collaboration is the key, man. No, I completely agree. I, I, I actually thought about I listened to that podcast twice, actually, with you and Scott, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And that part about building your tribe and all that it really it really hits home and makes perfect sense. And I think more people need to do that. Yeah, agreed, totally. Um, that's something we're going to try to work on this year a little bit. Branch out, branch out, and meet people in the flesh, so to speak. So, um, right, you know, because. Because you never know. I mean, people like you, you might be planting out and you might need some help or you might get injured or something might, you know, you might need to raise a barn or something, you know. I mean, there's people out here that want to help and they just don't know who and they aren't connected, you know. Yep, exactly. So you talked about, uh, I know we were uh, texting a little bit and you were talking about uh, you gave a bag of lettuce to a person and they thought it tasted, it was the best they've ever tasted. So... Would you attribute that to the seed, or would you attribute that to the soil, or both? I, I would attri- I would attribute it to actually not really the seed. I would attribute it to the soil first of all, and second, I don't think they've ever eaten fresh, like literally just picked from the farm or the garden fresh salad before. Hmm. Um, the guy that I sold it to, he's a fifty year. He was a fit that that I was texting you about. He was a fifty year old black guy. Lived here in Duncanville, which is a suburb of Dallas. Um, one of those, he, he's actually my barber. Oh. And he, yeah, he actually, you know, just grew up in Duncanville. Just one of those guys I don't think he's ever had fresh food, like truly fresh food before. Right. And I took him a bag and it had uh, had a bunch of different stuff in it because that that's, I think that's, not my trademark, but like the key to my salad mix is there's so much flavor in it because I do like tatsoy or mustard greens and mm-hmm. spinach and lettuce. And most salad greens is just lettuce. And so you add in pea shoots and radish microgreens, you put all this, it has some flavor to it. Sure. So, so I think that was it. But secondly, I, I think it's the soil because the last, uh, I don't know, the last two or three months, I've really been reading up and listening to people talk about soil and soil health and what makes good soil and bad soil and right. and the difference in soil and dirt and blah, 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 blah. And then I look at my farm and I actually go and take a shovel and dig up my soil and I actually look at it 
to see what if I have what this guy's talking about and and so I really I really believe it's it's a combination of those two things. Yeah, definitely. And and we were talking a little bit about a uh, well, you shared a, a YouTube video with me from a, a conference up in Montana. Um, it was uh, all about you know sustainable Montana up in Butte Silverbow in uh, October, late October of, of 2017. And you shared a, a, a video from Gabe Brown and uh, talking all about soil. And uh, I thought that was really a great topic. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I, actually, I would love to because you're the only human being in the world that I could probably talk to soil health about and not go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what does that say about us, man? <laughs> hey. <laughs> we we grow people good food, so we know something. Right. Something about dirt. Um, so, like, this guy, Gabe Brown, he's a rancher up in um, North Dakota, and he's no-till, and he doesn't use any herbicides, pesticides, fertilizer, nothing. And he hasn't used it since, I believe, 94, and he runs 5,000 acres. And he does mainly. He's more of a cattle farmer. Yeah. But he but he has seventeen different streams of revenue on his farm. Bees. Um, anyway, it's just insane how much different things he has his his hand in on these five thousand acres. And he travels all over the world, kind of like Curtis does. Mm-hmm. But he goes around the world talking about soil health and mainly cover cropping. And for those of you that don't know what cover cropping is, that's when you plant. A plant in the ground for the sheer purpose of rebuilding your soil. Yeah. So, like, you're not going to go in and uh, if you plant wheat, you're not going to go in and combine the wheat. Like, the wheat is there to to grow, put good roots in the ground, then it dies. Whether it's from the heat or he mow, uh, he doesn't mow it. He goes in and rolls it. And mm-hmm. roll wheat, it breaks the wheat and that triggers it to die. Well, then he rolls it, flattens it, and then he'll go in and plant corn yeah. on top of that wheat. And then that wheat covers the ground um, and then decays and goes into the ground, mm-hmm. putting more organic matter into the soil. So he has five laws that he believes has to, in order to regenerate soil health because – uh, the world's soil health has completely went down the tubes the last 30 years because of tillage. Um, every time we till, we take carbon out of the uh, out of the soil and it floats up into the atmosphere. So uh, his goal is to put carbon back into the soil. That's right. his whole philosophy. Is he says he's a carbon farmer. Yep. He he farms carbon. He wants a plant in the ground to take sunlight, make photosynthesis, put roots in the ground, let that let that plant grow, die, decay back in the soil. That's right. all he wants to do. Right. And he's got charts and he's got uh, measurements of organic and material in his soil and just all this information. And when you watch it, you just this light bulb just goes off in your head and you're yeah. like, Damn, no, like this guy makes perfect sense. 
So I think I think what helped in his presentation too is he actually shows you what the soil looks like. Like here's a typical farmer where they're tilling, they're using pesticides, herbicides, monocropping. Here's one where it's no till, but it's pretty much you know two types of plants here and it's not much difference than the two then here's a third i mean it was really interesting how he went through that and just showing this different soil and how what we're doing even as and i'm thinking as a gardener even what i'm doing you know i plant the you know if you plant the tomatoes in the same bed or the same spot year after year after year after you're monocropping in that same spot what you're doing to the soil you know you're not really helping things you're just you're taking all this nutrient out you're and the only way you're going to put it back in is you know throwing a bunch of fertilizer in the ground and and maybe some compost if you're a gardener but for big farms or even a even a half acre you know you're not going to be able to bring in enough compost uh, enough compost to keep doing that you just it'll go broke you'll go you know, you'll exactly you just don't have the time and resources for that yeah, he um, he, I, in the video I sent you, he didn't talk about it, and I'll try to find it and send it to you. He actually talks about what you know a backyard gardener that does square foot gardening, gardening for example, can do with twenty square feet. And the main thing that the, the I won't tell you all five of them because I don't know I could do all five of them off top of your head, off top of my head. But the first thing, one of his first five rules is to cover the soil. Well, that's easy for a backyard gardener. Oh yeah. Um, just cover the soil. I use wood chips. Um, I have wood chips. I, luckily, I have a, a city that gives away free mulch, and it's mainly wood chips. So once a month, I go and I get wood chips and dump them in my in my on my farm, spread them out. That's the pathways between my rows is wood chips. Yep. And then once I get like for example i tried to grow broccoli this year and it didn't do too well because we got a really early cold snap mm. and it killed it but instead of me digging it up or pulling it up like most people would i left it in the ground it looks like crap it's not going to produce anything but it's still technically alive yeah so i've got roots in the ground um which is great also that's his second law is always have a root in the ground don't ever right. have bare soil whether it's a cover crop i'm sorry yeah whether it's a cover crop or what you're actually harvesting always have a root in the ground because that's what keeps your soil uh from getting compacted right or blowing away in 40 miles an hour 40 mile an hour winds or 60 miles an hour winds up there in north dakota yep yep so um no so let me think here cover the soils one always have a root in the ground no, do not till, yep. no till as much as you can. Uh, don't use fertilizers, yep. and I won't try to explain that one because that one's kind of a lot more chemistry based of why you don't want to do it. Basically, it kills all the good stuff that you right. want. So, and then the fifth one, um, can't remember the fifth one. It'll come on. It'll come to me in a minute. But um, so what you can do is take those laws that he says. And apply them to your backyard. Mm-hmm. So you can you can cover your soil, whether it's wood chips or you know whatever you want to cover. That's easy. Always have a root in the ground. That's easy. Even if, like in Minnesota, you can grow. Like I, I'm guessing, if he was up there and he had a backyard garden, he would grow some sort of winter rye or winter wheat or something that will grow in extremely cold right. conditions. Right. 
and then you don't do anything with it. Just let it grow, and then when the summer gets here, roll it so it dies, and then just spread it apart when you go to transplant. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, if you have a square foot garden, you're not going to till, so that's easy. Right. Um, four, it, your fourth one was no fertilizers. Just don't use fertilizers or pesticides. And so you can do all of those things in your backyard. You just have to kind of think outside the box and right. and just think about it. And you can figure out how to do those things. And his, he, his proof is his own property. Yeah. And he has people all over the world that has changed. And within three to four years, <laughs> their, their property, their soil is double or triple the time better. Absolutely. And, and, um, Donnell Freeman talked about that as well out in his property in, in near Colorado Springs. He's got an almost uh, pretty arid environment that he's, um, he's farming. And what he did is same thing we're talking about. There's always a root in the ground. He, he's growing all kinds of grasses and he goes out and he cuts it, you know, once a month or when I forget his period, you know, the period that he goes out and cuts it, but then he just chops and drops. Greg Burns talked mm-hmm. about that too. Chop and drop where you cut something off and you just, you throw it right down there and, and you're adding, you know, as it decomposes, it's adding to the soil. And that's what you want is that biodiversity. That's it. In the soil. That's it. You, you, you said it about the fifth rule. The one I couldn't think of was diversity. Yep. When he does cover crops, he doesn't do wheat or he doesn't do winter rye. Uh, you know, during the summer, he said he does 18 different species yeah. of cover crops at one time. Mm-hmm. He just throws all the seed into his into his drill, into the big bucket in the drill, and then he just plants them. Yep. Uh, so he said he'll do like sun, like he'll have 10 foot sunflower uh, sunflower out in the middle of his field, and people are think it's weeds. And, you know, he'll go up and pull it up and be like, see this? This is all the carbon that this one plant's putting in the ground. Yeah. And you think it's you think it's a weed. It's not, you know. It has a purpose. Right, right. Yeah, and I experienced that just on a really small scale this year where I started to intercrop some peas in with my tomatoes. And they, uh, the ones that had the peas, they, they had a really good second burst, late second burst of of tomatoes and the ones that I didn't, my cherry tomatoes, I really didn't get a second burst at all from them. I, I got kind of a one shot and that was it, you know, and, and do you know re- why, do you know what the peas did? Nitrogen. I'm thinking. Yep, exactly. Yep. Beans and peas, any legume takes, and I can't remember how much he says, but it's like 30,000 tons of nitrogen is over one acre of land in the air. All you have to do is plant a legume. And take that nitrogen, and that legume plant will put it in the ground for you. Right. So that's a, and then tomatoes are huge nitrogen users. Oh yeah, definitely. I would. See so that. you solved the problem right there. I mean, that's that's a perfect you know example of of a legume in a tomato. Yeah, and I just unfortunately I planted those peas too late, and they didn't. I didn't get anything out of it. I mean, I didn't get any peas out of it, but I'm figuring, hey, I was building soil, so what the heck, you know? And, and you and, got great tomatoes out of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm going to experiment a little more with that next year. And I certainly had areas that um, did not have a root on it, did not, were not covered. And I didn't have anything on them, and that's where the weeds were. <laughs> Nature wants to have some, uh, wants yep. to have some clothes. <laughs> she doesn't like that's being why, naked. <laughs> exactly. That's why, that's what we, that's why weeds are like, Therefore, because 
nature wants you to have an armor on the soil. Mm-hmm. If it's a weed, it's fine. It's a weed. I mean, that's why they have those, uh, what is it, pigweed that runs everywhere? Uh-huh. That spreads. I mean, all these weeds that spread, clover, you know, there's, it, it spreads because the soil wants to be covered. Right. So... I, I, I've loved, loved listening. I actually had a, got to have a conversation with him and another guy named Ray Archuleta, who is also a big soil uh, soil guy. Ray Archuleta actually works for the USDA. Cool. Um, and he goes around teaching no-till and biodiversity and, and everything. And those two sat in the car. And I'd emailed Gabe asking a question about a little project I want to do out in West Texas. And I said, what do you charge for a phone consult? And he said, I don't charge anything. Just call me. Really? So I called him. Yeah. You cannot believe how nice this guy is. So I call him and he's like, man, Mike, you lucked out because I got Ray Archuleta sitting next to me. We're heading to a conference. <laughs> oh, I, 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 li- I literally said, holy shit. <laughs> and Ray, Ray started laughing. And he goes, do you know who I am? And I said, yes, sir. Of course I do. I've watched every one of your YouTube videos along with Gabe and Dave Brantz and I named off a couple other people, and he goes, "Yep." Then, if, if you know who we are, the name, who we are by name, then you know our stuff. What can we answer for you? <laughs> told him what I wanted to do, and he gave me some suggestions and told me to look up this and look up that. So I did it. And he goes, "Give us a call back and let me know when you get started because we'd like to keep up with this little project." I said, uh-huh. "Yes, sir. I would love to." Yeah, we will too. <laughs> we'll help you document that, my friend. And uh, we've we've got our own little project where um, I haven't engaged like I should have, and I think I will this year. Um, we've got twenty acres of old gravel pit that was left as a scar. You know, they did a really the company that left it did a really crappy job, and uh, we're trying to restore that. And I think there needs to be a bigger we need to pay bigger attention to building the soil, you know. Who's we? You uh, and my, your family or you and your company? Nope. Uh, me and my company. <laughs> no, me. Uh, my Me, my brother, and uh, his buddy. So my brother and his buddy actually bought the 20 acres, um, and they tried to plant some pine trees there, and, and it's extremely sandy soil. There is no topsoil whatsoever because it was stripped off. So we need to build soil and uh, really encourage um, some of the soil, some plants to grow in this in this Sahara-like environment, you know, in Wisconsin, no less. So I, I, I want to be a part of that. Mm. Like, I, I, I seriously, I would love... Like I, I'm so excited right now. I would love to be a part of that. I would love to like just see pictures and and research and and throw some ideas their way and stuff like that. So if they if they want some advice from a soil dork that enjoys that kind of stuff, please hit me up. I would love to to see that transform in a couple of years. Well, it sounds like we have a little project on our hands, and you don't even have to buy anything out there. <laughs> oh, no, oh no, I'm I'm still gonna buy it. I uh, got. I got big dreams out there. Yeah. Are you going to tell your wife first or are you just going to do, nope. go do it again? <laughs> nope. Not telling her. Oh, man. <laughs> Not telling her. Oh, Jules. You'll have to meet Jules online here, but uh, I don't think she would let that fly. <laughs> well, nah, well my, the good thing is my wife understands I don't. I don't waste money. Like yeah. she understands I don't, I don't spend money unless I can make money. Right. But she may not understand what the hell I'm doing, but she knows at the end of the day, we'll, I can always sell whatever I buy for at least what I paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the beauty of land. I mean, land is a, unless you totally abuse it and destroy it, um, 
you know, you can really, you can turn it around, you know? Yeah, Gabe says that you can add an inch of topsoil, which is a lot, a lot of topsoil in five years. Hmm. In five years, if you do it, if if you do it correctly and you're just patient with it. And uh, if you listen to his stuff, he always says you mimic nature. Yeah. So just, just think of like whatever is growing around this 20 acre gravel pit of yours, look at it and don't try to recreate the wheel. Just figure out what's native, you know, plant there. And if, if half of it comes up, great. Then the next year, do it again. And right. another, it'll eventually, you just got to be patient. But, you know, I, I, I think about my farm and I think about this project out West and it's not, what's it going to write next year is what's it going to look like when I'm 50 and I can retire from, you know, teaching or whatever I'm doing and just chill. And what have I created over that, that process? Well, this pirate's 45. So 50 is right around the corner. Really? (laughs) I better get my butt moving. (laughs) I turned 39 in April. So I completely understand. Yeah. Time is time waits for no one. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I completely understand. My biggest fear in life is I don't get to accomplish everything that I that I set out to do, and if I don't stop coming up with more shit to do, there's no way I'm going to get to accomplish all of it. <laughs> yeah, and it, sometimes it feels like you know you're just starting to figure a thing or two out, or what you want to do, or who you're going to be, and you blink, and it's like, oh man, now I'm 40. No blink, I'm now I'm 45. You know, I mean, you just sometimes we feel like we're just getting traction, you know. Oh yeah, I, I I think back all the time, and I know at the time I had different goals in my life at twenty two. Yep. But yep. God, what could I have created when I if I would have started this journey at twenty two instead of thirty seven? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know what you mean. <laughs> when I was twenty two, all I thought about was winning state championships, being a high school basketball coach. <sighs> yeah. So you know, your goals change in life, and. And that's part of that. That's the enjoyment of life because I don't want to coach anymore. I don't want to teach anymore. So it's all right. It's all right. There's different paths. I tell my my sons this all the time. I just told my my son who is going to college to become a teacher and a PE teacher and win state championships, just like you. You know, there's many paths. This is this is just one. You know, this is there's many paths to have a successful life and and you need to think about those if is that what you want to do is that really what you want to do maybe there's something else you want to do that you just haven't found yet so think about it oh yeah yeah you you change as a person every day that you get like every day a little bit of you changes and i look back to where i am now to where i was when i was 22 and if you would have told me when i was 22 all i wanted to do when i was 37 was be a farmer and play with and, dirt yeah yeah and like like literally i instead of spending my time watching football and basketball like i used to which i did watch a little bit of the playoff game today but yeah i spent it on youtube like folding laundry just so i can have 30 minutes of peace and quiet so i can listen to gabe brown talk about soil when i'm 37 <laughs> yep and that's the secret of washing dishes <clears throat> Yep. Um, you know, you can do a, uh, and that a hum was, uh, you know, that little pause to Jules downstairs, who's, I think, folding some laundry right now. But the reason I do that is I can listen to a podcast or watch a YouTube or listen to a YouTube anyway. And, uh, 
in. It's like it's like the car uh, the car college, you know, driving on your way to work. Stop listening to endless talk shows on ESPN talking about the Minnesota miracle when you can listen to something that's going to you know stick with you and build up your knowledge and maybe put you on a different path, maybe clarify some things instead of just endless um, Justin Timberlake songs. No, I completely I completely agree. It's crazy how much I want to learn or I've wanted to learn the last year, yep. year and a half. Yep. Compared to the 30 years before that because I just didn't I didn't care. And now I just feel like a sponge. Like I just want to yeah. soak up everything I can get my hands on that whether it comes to soil, farming, gardening, business, like Gary Vee's oh, know, yeah. stuff about social media and and that like I'm just a sponge right now. And it's a uh, it's it's a fun thing. Like literally, I wake up every day excited to learn something new or get my hands, you know, into a different bucket or a different pot to to maybe take a, a business venture a different way or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you're doing it right. You're 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 neck deep in the muck <laughs> one way or another. <laughs> uh, you're doing it. Uh, you've got you know customers and you're you're growing a product and you know you you've got improvements and you're already starting to achieve some of those things that we talked about in your uh, in your podcast a while ago right the uh, getting that that hoop house or getting that uh, greenhouse um, going um, you, it sounds like you already have that and we can talk about that in a future podcast when you get ready to put that puppy up yeah i've got to get it to my stinking farm it's <laughs> it's 14 feet wide and 10 feet tall so it does like the poles are 14 wide 10 yeah. feet tall so there's not it's hard to find a trailer that i that i feel comfortable hauling at two hours and also through downtown dallas yeah that's a little bit of a challenge <laughs> so it's um it, it's kind of my although my dad he he can do anything and he can figure anything out when it comes to that kind of stuff unfortunately he's not one of those people that goes and looks for it mm. he waits until he sees something he's like oh that'll work so then he'll get it so i can't really say dad go find it he's like, no I'll, I'll come across something one of these days I'm like, well shit it's gonna be july by then and i'm not gonna need it <laughs> it's almost like you need a big flatbed and and put them lay them down on there and strap them all down or something you well know? you can't if you strap if you lay them down it's 10 foot Those oh that's a eight uh, foot yeah so i got a foot hanging off on each side right and i can i don't mind hauling it through dallas i'm just worried about the idiot on his phone right. not paying attention and gets within a foot of my trailer yep and scrapes the pole down his window or the side right. of his car or something i'm screwed yep yeah for for the normal public out there a normal traveling is 12 feet wide and you throw something like construction in there and we tend to narrow we we cheat a little in the civil engineering world and we make those tight turns and we slim up the lanes to maybe 10 maybe nine and a half feet probably 10 feet is is the standard on a on a freeway type situation so we we do that kind of thing so we have enough room to play with the dirt as well on the construction side so just yeah there's tons of construction going on down here in dallas right now too yeah Yep. So, totally. but I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it down here, and I'm gonna. I'll document it because I, I don't. I have a feeling when it's time to put the plastic on, I'm not going to be very patient about the wind, <laughs> and I'll probably just keep calling more people and telling them to come. So I may have 50 people out there trying to put the plastic on in 20 mile an hour wind, but 
That my, so that could be entertaining. That, my friend, is what we call a barn raising. So yes. nothing wrong with that. That's where the <laughs> tribe comes from, right? That that list of 100 people and those small – hey, that those 25 DMs say, hey, now's the time. Show up. I'll provide yeah, the I'll, beer and I'll some hot dogs. Come on. <laughs> I'll do it on a Sunday morning after the church next door to me lets out. I'll no. just go get all the, all the guys from the church for five minutes. There you go. Yes. And have, well, then they'll need lemonade and hot dogs and something. Yeah. Uh, and salad. Have, <laughs> yeah, if I have any. You'll have some. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I'll, def- I'll definitely keep you posted on the raising of the greenhouse. And the good thing is, the cool thing about the greenhouse is the guy that I bought it from, he has 26 more. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, oh my gosh! <laughs> wow, yeah. he owned a nursery and he's got twenty. Well, he actually has he has twenty seven uh, greenhouses, fourteen feet wide, a hundred foot long. Wow! So, and he he quit ten years ago. His wife died, and he's like, I didn't really enjoy it. The wife did everything, and I just haven't had time to do this. So, I'll sell them to you for blah blah blah. I uh, said, How many do I need to buy? He goes, I don't care if you buy two two poles or. 500 i don't care wow just give me a day's a day's heads up so i can get everything ready to go so i went down and bought eight which will make me 70 70 feet long wow dude that is so, gonna be cool that it, wow honestly i could see myself doing my whole farm in them hmm i could do i could do my whole farm with all his greenhouses eventually wow I'm so just letting it, that. I'm just picturing that in my mind's eye. You know, how would that look? What? How cool would that be? Hmm. Yeah. And then my dad. I'm going to build a, a wooden wall on the north end because this, you don't get any sun from the north side anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, put a door on it. And then my dad's going to put a four inch vent hole on it. And he's built a few 55 gallon barrel. Uh, Wood stove, wood burning oh, stove cool. out of yeah. fifty gallon barrels, and then he's going to run the exhaust out of the back end. So if I have tomatoes in you can the end them. of October, and it you know we get a crazy early frost or cold snap, I can flip on you know I can throw some wood in there you know overnight and keep them alive because normally here we'll get one night and then the next day it's eighty five yeah. again. So yep. it's not like I do it like this year I would have had tomatoes another four and a half weeks. If it wouldn't have got a cold snap on Halloween night. Very cool, man. I was just thinking, I'm going to build a wall in the north end and nothing's going to come through there. I'm going to put a big door in the north end. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. We're going to make this greenhouse great again. (laughs) Yep. That's the plan. That's the plan. (laughs) Cool, man. Wow. This is some cool stuff. Um, I know you got three kids in the. We're we're hitting about an hour worth of content, and I don't want to. I don't want to push it too far because we got more of these to do uh, through the course of the year. When it sounds like you got a big project going on, I'm going to have a big project going on plus our normal routine project. So I think we're going to have a lot to talk about this year. Are you okay with kind of shutting her down a little bit here and and gearing up for tomorrow's activities? Yep, that's good with me, buddy. Cool, man. Cool, man. So in case any, everybody's curious, Michael Bell has agreed to be a regular guest here on the Small Scale Life podcast. We might call it the Bellcast or something. I don't know. Or we'll figure <laughs> out a cool name for it. But we're, I'm so excited that he's part of my Legion of Doom or my, my Justice League, my team. And we're going to have a lot of fun this year. So um, I'm going to need his help, you know, with soil on this desert piece of property. 
And whatever we can do to help you out, man, we will do that as well. So I'm excited that you're part of the team. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm excited about it also. Um, really enjoy talking, you know, talking to you and, you know, you have good energy about the stuff and you like to learn as much as I do. And I, I, I respect that and appreciate that and look forward to talking with you more often. Yeah, absolutely, man. We'll be unstoppable. Yes, sir. And <laughs> any, anybody that's listening, again, please don't hesitate to shoot me a DM on Instagram if you have any questions about anything. Um, if I don't know the answer, I can promise you I can find it and I'll get you the answer as soon as I can because I've, I've told Tom a hundred times, I just want more people to do what what I'm doing if that's what you love to do. I don't want you to think you can't do it because of this or that because I promise you, if I can if I can do this, anybody can do this if that's what you want to do. Right. you got to do the work, though. You've got to put in the time. you got to do the work. Yep. Yep. And, and, and it's not even the hard, it's not, not just the hard work on the farm either. It's, it's the reading and the learning and, and thinking outside the box and listening to people you may not agree with because what they say is probably a good way for you to learn. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Before we sign off, just want to say that, um, at this point we're going to go monthly. So we'll do one here in January. We'll do another one in February, unless something comes up or we want to do one, we can do it anytime. You always have the mic, my friends. So, but rather than having us blast this out every week and try to figure out things to talk about, I'm thinking a monthly schedule would be just great. Plus we're going to be busy. We're going to, I'm going to be starting seedlings soon. You're going to be starting them tomorrow. So um, there's just life happens. So it's all good. Yep. Well, we'll keep in touch. And if we need to get on together and uh, talk about something real quick or something, we will work it out. Absolutely. Very cool, man. Well, thank you for being on the show. No problem. I appreciate the platform and enjoyed it a lot. Absolutely. Cool. Well, there you go. There's our first Bell cast here on the Small Scale Life Podcast. Really appreciate Michael Bell being on our show and being a regular guest in 2018. There's a lot to pull out of that conversation, a lot of good information there. Everything from right off the bat talking about the NFL and talking about dynasties and how that can force change in sports. You got to figure out a way to beat those dynasty teams. We also learned a lot about urban farming in Texas. And even though Texas is way down south, they have their issues with winter as well. The 40 mile an hour winds and the cold temps are not good for Salanova, not good for any plant. And the uh, low tunnels, they did their job when there wasn't the 40 hour winds, but it's really tough to withstand that kind of abuse. And we hope that Michael's crops do well here in the next few months. It was great that Michael and I had a conversation about the seeds that he's got going, the different types of plants that he's going to plant this year if you missed it he's planting zucchini of course salanova and then we're going to have different uh, tomato varieties as well such as large cherry super sweet 100s glacier tomatoes and black cherry tomatoes and he recommends the super sweet 100s and the black cherries both of which i have not tried i have not grown so might have to try some of those i think that'd be kind of fun to grow up here michael and i also discussed aggressive pruning and talked about is it smart to do that kind of pruning we both agree that without some kind of aggressive pruning especially down low like the lower side stems and suckers there's a great chance you can get blight on your tomatoes and especially late in the year and that's not that's not ideal at all because those the blight will take out all of your plants and ruin your tomatoes so you don't want blight we do have a link to the article on septoria leaf spot that's the yellow and and yellowing and and then eventually blackening black spots that appear on tomato plants that's on small scale life there is a link in the show notes about that michael and i also talked about his customer base 
and how he deals with crop failure or issues on the farm and talked about the benefits of working with individuals versus a restaurant or grocery store. I thought that was a really interesting conversation. And I can see how that would be difficult if you're supplying a restaurant that's counting on that product to put on the table that night to sell. So I get it completely. And I also understand the red tape of selling to a grocery store. Those are great questions to ask Scott Hebert, actually, in a follow-up is how does he deal with the red tape of a grocery store? I thought it was good talking about Michael's current customers as well and how he can't meet his current demand. What a great problem to have, right? So that, you know, you always have that list. You're building that list in case someone drops off that list. You can replace it. Uh, You're not dependent on that one customer. You've got a list of customers waiting for product. That's a good thing. Um, I think it was great talking about Instagram. Instagram, to connect to those customers, connect to other people, to connect to other farmers, connect to other businesses and do some peer-to-peer work there. Instagram is a powerful tool with all the changes going on on Facebook and Twitter and the changes announced this week on YouTube. It's good to have a platform where you can still connect to people pretty quickly, pretty easily, and um, and they still will will see your 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 information. Instagram has made some changes where not everybody's seeing your feed, but um, there's ways to overcome that at this time. Talked about Michael's salad mix and the way, and he said his salad mix is so good because he does use a diversity of products. It's not just Salanova. He'll mix some different pea shoots and other, other things in his seed mix. So it's a unique tasting blend. So that's something we should try as well. Don't just plant a head of lettuce. Plant some other things you can mix in there and, and, you know, really change up the taste of your lettuce and your salad, especially if you're on this healthy lifestyle kick like I am. Just straight iceberg lettuce is pretty boring, so change it up. We talked a lot about soil health and uh, the how it's important to the quality of the plants we grow and the vegetables we eat. Uh, some of the analysis is showing that our soils have really been detre- depleted and don't have the nutrients, and hence the need for more fertilizer and more pesticides, and it's a deadly cycle. So really concentrate on soil health, especially in your small gardens, backyard gardens, or your urban farms. There's ways you can that you can really enhance your soils. And one of those ways is cover crops. Use the cover crop and then chop and drop it. So it's it's compost, turn into compost right in your box, right in your garden bed um, or raised bed box like I've got. We also talked about Gabe Brown and his five laws to regenerate soil health, like using the cover, cover crops, putting roots in the ground, leaving roots, roots in the ground, just don't yank everything out not tilling up everything, don't using fertilizers, and then implementing plant diversity. Then talked a little bit about philosophy and how time waits for no one and uh, kind of finished up with talking about secondhand, really talking about secondhand equipment and using materials that someone else is not using anymore and how how great that can be for, for your business or your home. You know, try to use things that other people are getting rid of. Craigslist is a great tool for people. And even Facebook has put in a, um, a shopping area there. So you can buy things uh, that other people are getting rid of that might be the, just the thing you're looking for. So take a look before you just go out and buy something new. There might be something used out there that's just as good, uh, if not better. So take a look at that. 
Well, with that, I'm going to wrap up this podcast. I appreciate you listening, and we've got a lot of great content coming up in the next week. I'm on furlough, thanks to the government shutdown, so we're going to try to do some more content and uh, set some other things up in the background that we'll talk about in the future. But uh, things, good things are happening. It's not all gloom and doom. Uh, we're going to get a lot of things going here this week. We're going to produce some more content, uh, some solo stuff. Probably a couple interviews. We'll try to get those scheduled and done. Might as well make hay while I have a little extra time here. So expect some more things. We'll have Tommy Cakes back on. That'll be kind of fun. And uh, and that's about it. So it's been a great, uh, this was a great interview, and I really appreciate Michael coming on. It was, uh, this is a lot of fun. And he will be a regular guest here on Small Scale Life. So um, I'll be expecting that. Yeah, we'll go from there. So thanks again for listening. And remember to live simply, focus on growing, exploring, and living healthy. This is Tom from the Small Scale Life Podcast. We'll see you real soon. Take care, everybody.